Welcome to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast, weekly doses of language learning tips and motivation to help you become fluent in any language. With me, Ollie Richards. Hello. Good morning, everybody. It's Ollie Richards here, back for another on the road episode of the I Will Teach You a Language podcast. How are you doing today? Um, I am recording mic free. Not out of choice, but because I forgot my adapter. <laughs> you wouldn't believe the number of things I actually have to use to record an episode of the podcast. I've got my lapel mic, which is great, and I've got my phone, which is great. But because blooming Apple, every uh, every every time they release a new phone, they just they just take stuff out. <laughs> the stuff that you've got, like mics, don't fit anymore, and you've got to get adapters. So, all you know, any kind of lapel mic, which is the kind of mic you clip onto your your shirt has one of those little round jack sockets and of course that apple took that away so now i need a little adapter to plug my mic in and of course uh, today i happen to forget my adapter i've got my mic but i don't have my adapter and so i thought well either i record this on my phone or i don't record at all and uh, my motto for life is that the show must go on don't let the perfect get in the way of the good which is a fantastic language learning lesson right there. You see, we're only 60 seconds in and then the language lessons are flying at you from all sides. So I thought I'd record this and I'm sure you'll forgive me if the, if the sound quality is not what you're used to. I mean, I don't exactly have the best sound quality at the best of times, but, you know, you've been listening to 365 episodes of me talking into a mic, so I'm sure you'll forgive me uh, One if one episode isn't uh, top quality. Anyway... We're going to get into a great question today all about language exchanges from Hassan. Uh, but before we do that, I'd like to thank the wonderful sponsors of the show who are fantastic for language exchanges. Because not only do they give you access to professional teachers and communities, informal tutors, but you can also meet people there in the community and do language exchanges with them. The thing about language exchanges is that they take time because you've got to give your, your language as well as receiving the other person's language, right? And so that's why the, the way that I like to use italki is to get actual one-on-one lessons because that way it saves time and I'm working with somebody who kind of knows what they're doing. And if you'd like to get a free lesson with a, a teacher on italki, you can go to iwillteachyourlanguage.com forward slash free lesson. And uh, there's some credit there that you can put towards trying out a couple of teachers to see how you get on. That's iwillteachyourlanguage.com forward slash free lesson. All right, so without any further ado... Let's get into today's question from Hassan. Hi Ali, great friend of your show and the YouTube channel. Um, I've been studying Arabic now for a number of years. Uh, at the moment, I'm kind of currently uh, working with a teacher on Italki. Uh, we are going through Arabic at the moment, but uh, I wanted to ask you basically because um, I'm finding that I'm still lacking in speaking. So I've decided to. Um, to find a number of uh, language partners that I could uh, practice my Arabic with, and in return, they practice their English with me. Um, but I was just wondering, Ali, um, what's the best process or format you can go with, you can be with with your language partner? I mean, does he speak to you in his native tongue, and then you speak back to his native, in his, and then you speak back to him in his native tongue, or do you, you know, speak English with him or her, and then Afterwards, halfway through, you go into Arabic or the native tongue. Um, I'm just a bit confused, basically, into how to go. 
Hey, Hassan, thank you very much for a great question, and um, thank you very much for your compliments on the show. And I'm great to glad to see that you're you're doing well with your with your Arabic. Good job. It's a hard language, um, but very very rewarding. Um, I speak a bit myself, as you may know, lived in the Middle East for a few years, so I know what you're going through <laughs> right now. So language exchanges. Uh, okay, so you, you've kind of gone on, the, on an interesting path, haven't you? Because you've been taking language lessons on italki, and then you've you've found that your speaking is still kind of sluggish, and so you're looking for a bit more practice, and you're turning to language exchanges to get that practice. And that, by the way, is a fantastic uh, way to go about doing things. And the reason is, and this, this is why I'm such a fan of language exchanges, is because it puts you in real situations, you know, with real people. You're meeting new people, and that means that you kind of have to adapt um, on, a, on an emotional level, you know, when you take lessons with a, with a teacher, you're kind of always relying on them as a bit of a, of a bit of a crutch, you know. You kind of wait for them to, to lead, and you reply to their questions, etc., etc. But when you're doing a language exchange, you're kind of you're equals there, which means you have to carry the conversation, just as much as, as you follow it, right? So that's what that means is that you kind of have to dig deep into your linguistic toolbox in order to carry the conversation. Because if you just kind of sit there and wait for the other person to talk, well, it doesn't work in a language exchange. So I think it's a fantastic thing to be doing. And especially now, during this uh, lockdown, if you've got more time on your hands than normal, which is not the case for everybody. It's certainly not the case for me. I'm busier than I ever was during normal times. Um, even though I'm stuck at home, it's a very weird thing. But anyway, um, language exchanges are great and I would do as many as you can fit in and what you'll find is I guarantee you after a few weeks of doing a number of these you'll find that you really quickly start to speak more more confidently because you're just used to interacting with more people so it's it's, it's fantastic so how to run a language exchange I, I've written entire articles about this um, in the also in my in my polyglot playbook program I recently did an entire session on how to how to on the I think it was the nine rules of language exchanges but um, I'll give you a couple of the, my main thoughts, uh, which will help you make them run more smoothly. First thing is, you've got to go in there with expectations already set, okay? Because the big danger with language exchanges is that, as the English speaker in the pair, uh, the big danger is that the whole conversation will, re- will revert to English all the time and you won't actually get to practice your target language. That happens all the time, right? And so the best way around that is to manage expectations and to say to your partner, even before you, you get on the phone with them, that, hey, uh, here's how I'd like to run the session. Let's speak in English for half an hour and Arabic in half an hour. And in the Arabic session, we'll have a no English rule, okay? And it sounds a bit extreme, but you've got to kind of put your plant your flag in the sand because if you don't, that's when the whole, they'll just, as soon as you get any, what, what happens is when you, whenever you kind of, you know, there's something you want to say and you can't and it gets a bit awkward, your language partner will switch to English because they think they're doing you a favor by preventing the embarrassment of not being able to say something, right? Uh, and they are in the short term. Trouble is, in the long term, they're, kind of, they're, they're, they're holding you back because uh, so much of getting better at speaking comes from actually pushing through awkward silences, even when it's difficult. And that's how you build resilience and fluency in a, in, in, in a language. So I would email your or message your partner, your language partner, before the session. Say, hey, here's what I'd like to do, and have a very strict 50-50 rule where it's 50% in English and 50% in the target language. And in those in in the sessions where you're in Arabic, stay in Arabic. And if they switch into English, um, you know, just gently 
remind them, can we stay in Arabic, please? And they'll think, but that, that, it's really hard for you because you, you, you don't know how to say that thing. And then you'll say, yeah, but that's, that's okay. I need, to, I need to struggle. And now sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes you get people who just insist on English. And um, at the risk of, uh, of, uh, being, uh, of stereotyping people here a little bit, when I, uh, know, I know the Arab world very well. And um, I absolutely love uh, people uh, from an Arabic language background. They are so much fun. Uh, when I, li- I think Egypt, where I lived for a while, is the, the nicest people in the world. However, they are, they're also very eager and very enthusiastic, which means they're not, they're sometimes, they sometimes lack the, uh, the temperament to kind of sit and be patient and to, and, and to follow along what you'd like to do. Not always, but, but it's something to be aware of. Um, whereas a Japanese person, for example, would, is, tends to be the opposite of that, for, for, for better or for worse. So forgive the cultural stereotypes, but that's been my experience. And you, you, you're probably quite likely to find that with an Arabic-speaking uh, language partner. So if that's the case, then sometimes you just have to try a few different people until you find that, that person who really is on your wavelength and is happy to, to stick with, with the Arabic-only uh, rule. Um, the other thing is that language partners tend to be quite, uh, they're not experienced teachers. And so what they will often do is correct everything that you get wrong, because that's what, that's the easy thing for them to do. You know? So if you say, for example, in Arabic, you say, I I go to the shop yesterday, then they'll, then the natural impulse is for them to jump in and say, I went to the shop yesterday. And, and so that, even if they correct you in Arabic, like, like you've asked them to do, that can be, uh, that can be difficult because then you just never, you never get a flow going. And one of the main ideas behind language exchanges is that you're trying, you're trying to practice your speaking, which means not like becoming perfect at grammar. You could, doesn't matter if your, your grammar's faulty. What you're trying to do is, um, is practice your speaking and if that includes mistakes, then, then so be it. So one of the things you might need to ask your language partner to do is to not correct you while you're speaking, but instead make notes and correct you afterwards. This is called, in teaching circles, it's called delayed correction. So if you find them stopping you all the time, then, you know, politely and nicely at some point say, you know, let, let's try something. If I make a mistake, don't stop me. Could you write it down and tell me later? And then if they catch on, then what that will mean is you're able to, to speak for much longer uh, periods of time at once. And that's brilliant because you're, you're trying to get fluency practice, okay? So you might want to try that. Uh, the other thing you might, you, that's important, well, there's lots of things that are important, but I'll give you one more thing to, for the road, which is that as a language partner, you also bear responsibility to, um, to sustain the conversation which means that you you need to, in a, in a way, you need to kind of, even though you're practicing languages, you need to not worry so much about the language because the key, th- what you're practicing in a language exchange is cultural, not, not cultural, it's like social interaction. And social interaction is more about the kind of feeling between two people than it is about the accuracy of your grammar, which means you need to try really hard to, sustain a conversation in and this goes for the arabic time and the english time as well uh, and it's particularly hard when you're in the arabic 
face because you, you're probably worrying about vocabulary and grammar and stuff. But you've got to really try to sustain the conversation and, and, and be as natural as possible when you're speaking. And when we're speaking a foreign language, these, these things often shut down because we, we become very self-conscious of our grammar and, and stuff like that. But try as much as you can to actually keep the conversation going um, even if you're making, even if you know you're making mistakes, because what that's going to show your conversation partner is that hey, I can have a natural conversation with this person. I don't need to be all kind of teachery and you know correcting everything all the time. Um, so, whenever you get silences, which inevitably come, really push to try and fill those 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 silences with conversation in just the same way as you would in English. You know, because that's the that's what being in a real conversation with someone involves. And by, if you really push yourself to do that in, in the target language, then you'll find that th that's the kind of behavior which really pushes you to become a fluent speaker because you're behaving in a way that, that a native speaker would. So there we go. There's a few ideas for you, Hassan. I hope that's uh, helpful. I'm a big fan of language exchanges. I've done them a whole bunch. They can be incredibly fun and incredibly frustrating in equal measure. So don't get despondent if the first few people that you try a language exchange with don't work out it's all part of the process simply you know um, you just often I've, I've had people ask me before like well what do i do how do i let them go if they're not right and i normally say well just don't call them again <laughs> just don't just say you're busy it doesn't matter um just let them down nicely and move on to the next person because it's really important that you do find somebody who can really help you so anyway that's all from me hope that was helpful uh, if you'd like to ask me a question like hassan did then I'm all ears. Go to IWillTeachYouAlanguage.com forward slash ask. That's IWillTeachYouAlanguage.com forward slash ask. And I will answer your question here on the podcast. Until then, um, stay safe, stay healthy, make the most of the time at home. And I'll see you very soon. What is the most difficult stage in learning a new language? Well, many people will tell you that it is speaking. It's when you first start to speak and you have those kind of terrifying conversations in front of a native speaker for the first time. And it's terrifying because you realize that actually all that stuff you thought you knew, well, it turns out you didn't know it quite as well as you thought. You begin to freeze up, you trip over, the, over your words, your memory just stops working. And speaking is just an all round distressing experience. We've all been there. I've been there in many, many languages. And, and to help with this, I've written a series of books called 101 Conversations. And these conversations are designed to tell a story. So right from the first one to the very last one, it tells a really interesting story that's completely set in the target language. And these, because these are conversations, there is no narrative. There's no fluffy descriptions. It is just blow by blow, real conversations in the target language that are gonna help you learn and memorize the most important words and phrases in the language so that you can speak with more confidence. Now, these books I've written in French, German, Italian, Spanish, English, and they're all available on Amazon. So if you head over to amazon.com and you search for Ollie Richards 101, then they should pop right up. That is on amazon.com, search for Ollie Richards 101, and you can find there the Kindle version, the paperback version, the audio version, so that you can train your ear at the same time. There is this, these will keep you busy for weeks, if not months, and they're also super affordable. So I hope you go and check them out, and I hope you enjoy the books. Once again, on Amazon.com, simply search Ollie Richards 101.